Hey guys, welcome back. Micah Burgess here. And today on this episode, I get to interview Brian from San Antonio. Uh, he is a birth worker and he has had a very long career. And I'm excited for you guys to hear about his journey. Uh, one of the things that we cover in this episode is how we can support these loved ones, these partners, spouses that are in the birthing room, really get them to be a part of it and how beneficial that is to the laboring mom and for the future of your family. So join us. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Game Day Birds Not Balls. My name is Micah Burgess. I am a birth doula in Waco, Texas. And thank you for joining me today. I am getting to interview a colleague, a friend. I am so, so, so excited to have this guest with me today. And this is going to feel super unique, super fun to you guys. And Brian Salmon is with me uh, via phone call. He lives in San Antonio and he is the birth guy. I am so, so glad you have joined me today, Brian. How are you? Well, Micah, I'm doing fabulous, and it's so fun to be here with you because um, I have really, really always been drawn to you as a person and someone who has such great love for the birth world. I remember meeting you the first time at the Waco Birth Center Mm -hmm. and had great conversations. I think I was speaking there or something. I can't remember. You were. I'm I met a lot of your, your peeps there and everybody was so cool, but you really stood out as someone who had some other, uh, you know, some other notions of things she wanted to do. And I loved it. I was waiting for the world to crack and here we are. <laughs> Thank you. Why don't you tell our <laughs> listeners a little bit about yourself, your family, uh, where you're from, some of your loves, your hobbies, and then we'll jump into work. Okay, so really easily, I'm a doula. I'm a lactation counselor. I'm a birth mentor. I'm an international author on babies, birth, and lactation. I think my book's in like 10 or 12 countries or something now. Love it. Two languages. And um, I basically just love people. <laughs> I love the birth scene. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy what I do. Family, I'm here in San Antonio, Texas. I own Baby Vision Ultrasound. I own San Antonio IV Centers. And, you know, I love having an impact on our community. Mm. Uh, my kids are all into it. They really uh, don't want to ever have babies now because I'm so into it and I have all <laughs> girls. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They love it. I'm not. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty funny. You know, I go speak at, at the high schools and stuff here, too, a lot of times for the, yes. the human sexuality classes. And my kids are like, oh, God, don't come to my school. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Of course they did. <laughs> of course they said that. Yeah. So now everything's cool here in San Antonio. I travel a lot. And, you know, my passions are I love music. I love playing music, mm. listening to music. I love theater. We, you know, my family, we like to go to a lot of little events and run around and hit the water. I mean, gosh, like everybody else, right? We all have the things we love. But enough about me. Let's talk about what we're going to do today. What's that? Yes. So I would love for our listeners 
to know what drew you to doula work. I mean, you realize you're the odd bird, right? Because there's not very many, if any other male doulas, at least that I'm aware of, maybe you know some now, but what drew you to that line of work? That's a really great question. And the comment on the male doulas, I know male doulas, but none of them really do birth. Oh, they're okay. Postpartum. Oh, I see. Or they're really they're trying to do birth, but they can't break into it somehow. Oh, I think I'd be so, hard. Yeah. Wow. Just what what got me into it though is we got pregnant with our first baby, my ex wife and I, and we have Eva and Daisy, and Eva was our first. Eva came around, and I just during that pregnancy wanted to really surround myself mm. with everything pregnant and baby and having fun. I love babies okay mm. so for me it was so much fun but what I did was decided to switch gears and I opened baby vision when we moved to San Antonio in 2005 okay baby vision we, we do 2d 3d 4d ultrasound yeah and just when I got into that I started getting more into the whole space and noticing there were really no males in the space and the ones that were were in very peripheral aspects yeah and all the stuff I was reading and looking at from other dads was very anecdotal. Mm. Didn't really have the real life value to it for me besides, you know, your fun life. But like, what's the science? What happens with birth? How can you really support? Yes. What's the psychological aspects behind it? How do you communicate better? How do you change all that? And I started seeing some real real disruptions in the system, I guess I can say. So I would speak to so many clients that would come into baby vision and they would tell me stories about their doctors or about mm -hmm. what they thought it was going to be like than what it was really sure. like. And I'm like, okay, there's something missing in between there because what you think it's going to be like, what it's really like, there should be something to kind of coach you into the realities of the sphere you're getting into right. with having babies, right? Absolutely. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. So I started hearing that. Then I started hearing doula and my doula said this and my doula did that. <laughs> and I started going, what the hell is a doula? I had no clue, to be honest with you. I did you think it doctors. was a doula spelt A-D-O-U-L-A, a doula? <laughs> I thought it was a doula. Uh -huh. I thought it was my doula obligata. That's exactly right. Out. So I started looking looking into it. So my background's in biochem and pathophysiology. I have a degree in radiology as well. So I'm kind of a nerd. So I understand mm -hmm. all the hormonal pathways and I understand what happens. Yeah. But as I got into birth more, wow, I really got fascinated because there are so many things physiologically that connect. Yes. With breastfeeding, with skin to skin, with the overall environment, with mm -hmm. um, your, I guess, you know, as, as it's called, you know, your um, your basic capacity as a mammal to have mammalian birth and to, you know, raise your pack and do your thing, you know, as mammals do. And I learned a lot from, and I always give him a shout out, my boy, Dr. Stu, Dirt Fish Vine. He taught me so much and I love him <laughs> very much. He's He's a good friend. Now we just hang out as friends, but I'm, I still grill him a little bit on other things because I love to, to hear him talk. Um, so, you know, it just, it, it became something I was really interested in. And I'm like, how can I help people navigate the hospital? Because that seems to yes. be the place where it's a little crazy. I'll do home births and I love them, but I feel like I'm not as like 
necessary. I, don't know, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's just so easy, and I'm there, and it's cool. But yeah, I I love being able to help bridge that gap between medical and humanitarian loving. You know, yeah, you yeah. Know, well, birth is like this humanistic, holistic, and um, technocratic, right? That's birth. Those mm. are the three components. And when you look at that, you, you know, the humanistic factor. I feel gets left out in the hospital a lot of times sure. and it's more technocratic. So you could throw a little holistic in there and, you know, you can, gosh, what did, uh, what did Robbie say? Robbie, Robbie, uh, Davis Floyd. She told me, Brian, you can put a, <laughs> a plant on it, a, a IV pole, but <laughs> you're still not, you know, really getting into the holistic you know, phase in the hospital. So how do you, how do you make that holistic, humanistic and technocratic merge? That's kind of what I learned to do. And I love what I do. That's so awesome. I'm going to circle back because you said, you mentioned something about, you know, you as an expecting father, you know, your ex-wife getting ready to have a baby. And as you're trying to learn different things, wrap your head around it, really emerge, you saw a need in that way too, in terms of, maybe some of the shortcomings in education for, for dads. I mean, obviously we're focused on the mom. So I would love for you to talk more about, listen, you guys, what Brian is giving away to these dads, these newbie dads is so amazing. So I want to circle back. I want you to talk some more about that. Okay. Let's talk about empowerment. We always hear Mm. about women empowerment and birth and breastfeeding and everything. What about their partner? Yeah. Whether it's another woman or it's a male. Right. Same thing. So the partner still edged out sometimes. Yeah. And that edging out had to stop. And the first way to stop that is through education and understanding the process. And here's the funny thing about guys. (laughs) Once they understand the process, they are suddenly an expert and they are so comfortable Mm. and so happy to be in that space and really enjoy the ability to have a part of it. So when you can wrap your partner into that and have them excited about changing the way they communicate, the words that they use, the, the way that they will um, reach out to help the way that they, if you're trying to argue with them, the way that they'll, they'll communicate back with you, you know, what a difference. And what a huge, huge change in families. I have guys that get back to and work with, gosh, thousands and thousands of families, right, Mm -hmm. in my career now. I'm old. I'm going to be 53 next month. I'm right behind you. (laughs) I've worked with so many people. How are we so good looking, right? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, so, Mike, I know, but seriously, um, you know, I've worked with so many people, and I hear – I would never have thought I could be this close mm. in having the connection I have with my wife and mm. with my partner, with my, with my kid, yeah. you know, that's so important to me. And for a lot of these guys, sometimes it doesn't resonate with their families because the way their families were, you know, you know, came about where dad's changing diapers and taking yes. care of mom and doing, you know, they've been really dad or partners really taking a step that, most people see moms having to take completely, mm-hmm. you know, right? And moms are exhausted and burnt out, and they're seeing these moms that actually, you know, some some moms still feel burnt out and tired. That's just expected. Sure. But for a lot of people who are really in tune with their environment, they go, you know what? I can see that if I didn't have this kind of help, or this kind of love, and this kind of support, that I would really be a lot in a 
worse, way worse spot than I can even imagine. For at this sure. Point because it's, it's pretty good. You know, so for me, it was kind of bringing everybody together because then they have a better relationship and a yeah. better household, more fun for their kids and their so family. Good. Even their dog likes it, you know, their cat. No, I'm just kidding. But, so, <laughs> I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Really? The dog and cat? The dog? Yeah. They actually know no, like, what is going on. I have got, <laughs> my clients have some crazy stories about their animals just weirded yeah. out because like, I knew I was going into labor today because my dog did blah, 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 yeah, blah. no kidding. No, really. No, my dog is like that. She sees me talking about her. She's looking right at me. I'm yeah. not even kidding. She's on her bed staring at me. Okay. <laughs> my God, but, but something that I think is really cool is that in your book, on page 78 to be exact, <laughs> the book, you know, right? Sweet Southern Mouth yes. is the chapter. Yes. I love this. Thank so you. I love how you, you discuss things about different things. We're fixing it to it ain't, I reckon. And then you, when I come down, I just laugh my ass off because you say yes, ma'am, which is very polite, right? Yep. The Southern culture. But to some people, like, you're making me feel old right. and frumpy. I, I don't know. like it. I so know. this is something I always talk about. So I love seeing that because a lot of people skip right over it. But words matter. Whether we're they talking do. about, oh, my God, how about this one? Geriatric. Yes. Birth. Oh, my gosh. What the Why? Hell? Why? Just, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Who was pissed off at their mother? Someone was mad at their mom. Mm. But, yeah, no, that's just. These words really make a difference. Mm -hmm. And so by understanding how you communicate with people, and we all make mistakes from time to time. Girl, believe me, I do. I oh, thought this, gosh, uh, this yes. one couple hated me, and I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? But it was it was all fine. Hey, yeah. we're not going to be – you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And no, that's exactly. totally fine. I mean, look, if you are considering having a support person, it – they really need to fit you and your personality. Yes. And so oh, I yeah. will not be everybody's favorite person. Brian's not going to be everybody's favorite person. And that's okay. Find that Wait, person. I'm not sure about that. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> find, find that person I that really know. fits with what you, the flavor is of your life and your loved one and how y'all do life already. And you bring that into the birthing room because – Brian and I will 100%. both tell you birth is normal. I mean, you should be having the same kind of conversations that you have at your kitchen table. And, you know, that, I don't know, inside joke might come up in the middle of birth or the way that your uh, partner supports you in normal life. That's who we want your partner to be in the birth room. And honestly, yeah, that's why I think at least I have found this to be true. When you have a support person that kind of oversees and, and understands a lot of the process and what's going on and, you know, maybe what this mama is thinking or what she's feeling or what she might need to hear in this moment, kind of overseeing that, then that really enables that partner to feel like, oh, okay, I can be myself. I don't have to wear the birth hat completely by myself. No. And so we find that the partners are actually way more involved. They're not being edged out because you have a support person in the room. They're probably more present because you have a support person in the room. Do you find that to be true Micah, too? Micah, that's important because you have to find a person that vibes with not just mom, but with partner and yeah. with, you know, understanding the the core features of what their familiar, you know, yeah. practice is going to be. 
I'm going to share two big secrets with you. Tell me. Okay. One, Micah, I hate because I feel there is such a disconnection for the baby and the mom and their primal connection and nature, what we're programmed to do mm-hmm. as mammals. When a, when a loving nurse tries to do her best to help but doesn't understand the process and grabs a boob and then grabs the baby and shoves that baby on for the first latch. Mm. I feel that disconnects baby and mom from their primal drive and what happens. And if you just leave babies alone, they're going to latch themselves typically. Unless they're heavily medicated with an epidural. Sure. Or there's some other physiological problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I noticed so much better success and I feel like such a bonehead because with my background and my thought process, I should have come, like figured this out a long time ago, but I figured this out about three years ago. And I started, like we've started like making sure that doesn't happen. And those moms have such a better breastfeeding That's relationship. That's so good. I love and that. I, I mean, I don't know how we didn't know that, but I mean, I'm like, wait, we are totally impeding mm-hmm. nature. I and think what would yeah. happen back in the back. We do that with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. And we got to take our cues from baby. I mean, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Babies are different and they have a personality. Uh, and birth dictates oftentimes what their response is going to be. And so you can't really force a newborn to be interested in the first five minutes. Maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're mad as hell because of the journey they just went through and they're screaming their head off because they're giving you what for, you know, some of them. Yeah. What if their head hurts? Yeah. Are there vagina? Hello. Exactly. Or they're curious. They're looking around and they're, so they're not focused on breastfeeding. That's, that's okay. And I think there's a, a disconnect, like you put it, of, okay, yes, we want baby to latch on, and we talk about the golden hour, but listen, the newborn, you got to take your cues from that baby, even with that very first latch, like what you're saying. I think golden that's really good. Hours. Golden three hours. That's good. I yes. love that. I'm going to adopt that. Leave the baby alone. Yeah, that's know? so good. Let the baby and mom do their thing. Yeah, it's really good. Really 100%. good. 100%. I love that. And yeah, the other thing is, Rebirth. I do something with my patients that they just go, what the heck? Because it's so crazy and different for what they thought they were getting into. And when we do when we do our hands on and we're, we're sitting there, I have them sit in front of each other and hold hands and do eye gazing. But mm. I take it to another stage. Yeah. I want one minute and no thinking about, you know, the day. No, like, oh, man that, you know, a-hole didn't take out the trash or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. No, instead, we're only thinking positive thoughts about our partner. I love her so much. I love him mm. so much, whatever it is, because of this. I hope the baby has her smile or his eyes or yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, I want them to think in that mode, first kiss, first date, why they laugh so hard with this person, why mm. they chose this person. Good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And really try and identify with that. And I gaze for one minute, and I see them cry and laugh. And he's super uncomfortable. And by about two weeks into them doing this every day for a minute and carving that time out, not just for them, but for their family. So good. They see such a difference. And they they now have created a very safe space. Yep. That is just for them. Nobody else understands it. When they look in each other's eyes, they start slipping right into that space. Mm -hmm. And it's calming and quiet. It's like when you put on your headphones and you put the noise canceling on. 
That's mm, what it is that's for so their good. relationship and for them. And I noticed that really makes a difference in their partnership in the yes. birth room. Yes. Because, yes. you know, mom will pull dad in with her eyes or partner in or vice versa. Yep. And they can comfort each other in a nonverbal way that is very isolated for them, which creates their space yeah you know and absolutely this it's so interesting that you commented on staring into each other's eyes that eye contact because a couple of episodes ago i talked about uh hey what about sex life after having a baby for a lot of people brown, that's a huge cow. huge struggle right and so new moms are like where did my body go? And now my breasts have a function and it's just, it's a different experience. The whole uh, sexual process is a little bit more complicated and you're exhausted. Anyway, I gave about five tips and one of them was whenever you guys are at that place where you're both back home for the day, right? One of the first things that you need to do is just Look into each other's eyes, let everything pass away and go yeah. ahead and start that intimacy, vulnerable connection by by looking at each other, really looking at each other. And what that does is that promotes this and activates this uh, th that love and that intimacy so that now mom doesn't feel like a light switch at the end of the day, I'm in bed and I'm exhausted and trying to go to sleep. And now you expect me to just be on? I don't know that I can do that. You start that yeah. process earlier in the day. Um, and again, eye gazing is one of those things that triggers that. So what I love is that you're having your clients do that in pregnancy to prepare for childbirth. And then that's yes. something you want to carry throughout, even in your postpartum, so that your relationship, yes, stays healthy. Life. Yeah. Yes. You know, I have Rocking Dad, so that's online. People yep. can buy it online. Mm -hmm. um, it's you amazing. Know, my, book, my book's out there. Um, I do a class called Rocket Moms. And the moms, it's so funny because they'll come in like that and they'll be like, all right, teach us everything you taught my husband. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, well, here's the thing. We're not going to do that. That's awesome. That was, that was more of a sneaky birth class to get these guys thinking that they're really <laughs> pros. So they could support you and they yes. came home and made you feel pumped up, right? Oh, yes, we love it. Oh, my God, the way he's talking to me, this, that, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's not what we're doing. Does my baby like me? Am I doing this right? Yeah. Oh, my God, is my baby eating enough? What am I doing wrong? What did I do? Oh, my God, is my baby breathing when they're sleeping? Blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about that. Yep, you know? absolutely. Let's, let's talk about fearing your baby won't want to eat from your bread. Mm -hmm. let's, fear, let's talk about the fear your family and friends have put into you yes. and why it's all bullshit and static. Yep. Because typically people tell you the worst things they because do. they want you. I know. They want you to hear their sob story because we're all just freaking egotistical humans, right? This right, is, Micah? Uh, yeah. I get crazy. I'm sorry. I no, go. Like, ah. keep, keep going. I, what you're t saying about, you know, it's one of the reasons why I decided to start the podcast and write the book. It's like, can we stop? scaring women about birth i yes. mean yes there there can yeah there can be trauma absolutely that there can be things that go wrong i get it and and do we need to have that conversation sure but overall 
I feel like that shouldn't be the majority of what we're talking about when we talk about childbirth. Let's talk about the positive things and the normal yeah. things, the the humorous things, the beautiful things, the how monumental it is. And let's talk about that and and stop scaring women. I mean, listen, right. you're going to hear or find out or you can Google whatever you want about negative stuff or what the doctor did wrong. That's very available. But let's let's restart this conversation, change the narrative a little bit, especially doulas. Can we stop scaring women? And let's, like you said, empower them and, and share with them that, you know, if it, even if your birth is not perfect, if it did not go exactly according to your birth plan, it can still be an amazing positive experience. It's not wah, wah, too bad for you. It's not perfect. For real. That got, is the truth. We got it. We got to shift it. We got to shift it. So I'm, I'm excited exactly. to be a part of that process. And I, and I know you are, and I'm so appreciative and thankful for kind of the, the pathway that you've carved out for so many of us that is extending beyond just what you were saying earlier about just this basic training and just understanding birth, but no, beyond that, if you're supporting and serving someone, pregnancy, childbirth, postpartum, and potentially beyond that, even, you know, families, marriage, in, especially when they're still in their childbearing years, there's a lot going on. And there's a lot that we have to offer that we can give away wisdom and tips and, Hey, this is what I did wrong. Don't do what I did wrong. I mean, listen, learn exactly. from my mistakes. For real. But you know what? Everybody makes mistakes and we're going to make mistakes. Yep. And that's part of living. And, you know, if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying new things. Yep. You're not going to learn how to, how to, you know, get into that and do it the right way, whatever that is for your paradigm. Yeah. Right. And if you're going to get in the birth book, learn to teach your parents to step back and disconnect a little bit because everybody's connected to something. That's good. And if they can disconnect a little bit and spend a little time doing something for themselves, I'll, I guess I'll go backwards a little bit. So on top of the eye gazing, I assign my patients to do certain massage things with each other, um, uh, slow dancing. Mm -hmm. I mean, all sorts of things. I give them up their Monday through Sunday, you know, and say, you've got to carve out these times for your family and for yourself where you're not connected to anything, just to each other. It's good. To who you are, who you, who you are as a couple, who your partner is. And where you guys want to be. So, That's, so good. You know, really it's important. so nice to take a minute, you know, and mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. and, and you got to practice what you preach. And I swear to God, my <laughs> guess is I started practicing what I preach. And I finally have found the right person to do that with. It's been incredible. Mm. And I'm really so glad to hear that. So much more satisfaction in life, yeah. you know, because... Because these things really do have some weight and they really do make a difference. But it's hard for people to do anything, just the two of them without anything around them. You yeah. know? And the, the key is what you way. said, carving out that time. Listen, you don't accidentally have a really great relationship. It just doesn't work that way. You've got to nope. carve out the time yes. and the space and make it a priority. And I know that sounds like, well, duh, Micah, but the truth is people just, we're not doing it. Our lives are, like you said, so busy, so full. It's We're connected to so many other things. And so, yeah, if you don't make these very deliberate choices, 
to foster these ideas of connection and vulnerability. And oh, yeah, it's just it. not going to accidentally happen, y'all. It, it's just not. Nope. And um, nope. so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the same page with you, brother, on that one. I think that that's really, really good. Okay. <laughs> uh, on the phone the other day, we were chatting it up and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast how, you know, you were be, you were going to like 18 birds a month. Now you're about to two birds a month. Why don't you share a little bit about your transition and your shift and where you see yourself now and maybe where you see yourself in about 10 years? So in 10 years, let's just start with that. Okay. I see myself on the beach pretty much most <laughs> of the time. So let's just call it that. Oh right there, my okay? God, that's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's what I see. So, no, you know, I was really gung-ho and really, really into it. And I loved seeing uh, that the work I was doing was actually helping people and mm-hmm. touching people, you know. I think it's a little different when you get older. That's oh, what I it's think, totally to be different. honest with you. It is. And I guess that's that's me saying, uh, you know, publicly, I'm just getting older. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that's okay because that's, that's okay. what happens in our life cycles. And yep. it's hard for me to accept because I feel young. And, I, you, know, you know, typically people don't think I'm my age. But, you know, I'm, I'm starting to feel a little older, so I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's time for me to pass the torch. I just, you know, I wish I had a really cool person here in San Antonio that came to me that I can actually work with and train, you know, yeah. to, to kind of just, you know, maybe they come up with even cooler things than I've got. But, you know, I think my recipe works. It does. It does. And I, I'm really hoping that in San Antonio, I mean, you're able to pass the torch in some way or another. They're, they're really going to feel that gap um, when you completely step away. And I, I, for me, you know, you were talking about how kind of it's been a joy being able to help set the tone and some of the changes and the shifts within the hospital, yeah. and all of that. And I, I feel the same way, but I also have found Brian, a lot of joy in passing on what I have learned as a doula and giving that away to the doulas that are on my team who have been trained yeah. by me and 100%. seeing them excited and seeing them trust their intuitions too. That's a big part of being a doula. Like they would, you know, the first few birds, maybe they would shoot me a text or ask me a question. And then, you know, after about 10 or 15 birds, now they're telling me after the earth, you know what? I really thought that before they did the epidural that she should just stand up one more time and let's just yeah. see what happens. Cause I think maybe baby turned or whatever. Sure enough, mom stands up, she feels baby drop. And now we Thank didn't you. have to have an epidural. You see what I'm saying? So you, they're starting to yeah. trust their intuition. And man, I tell you what, I feel like a proud mama with these doulas that are just coming alongside with me. And, and I, I do feel like I get to pass the torch and I do feel like now it's better for our clients for one of them to attend their births because they are just so excited and chomping at the bit to get to a birth please me 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 in the middle of the night at 3 a.m listen that's who you want attending your birth is somebody that is so excited and that's who we were (laughs) and that we've passed that along to other people and so yeah i find that to be equally as exciting I could talk to you for hours, and I think we did talk for hours the first time. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) So much fun, and... 
thank you for your time today and joining me and uh, sharing a lot of your wisdom and your excitement and joy and such a pleasure to have you with me today. Thank you, Brian. Micah, it's always a pleasure. Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at Micah. You can also find me on WagoDoula.com. WagoDoula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>